You're listening to the Royal Flying Doctor Service podcast for the Queensland section. This episode is brought to you by the Small Talk Big Difference campaign. Stress. We all know what it feels like, but it manifests very differently for each of us. Sometimes it's that tight knot in your stomach, or it could be that you just can't sleep as your mind keeps ticking over at night. How we respond to stress can be one of the indicators to how we reach our goals, whether that's just to be happier at home or to perform better at work. And not all stress is bad. To tell us more is Dr. Tim Driscoll. He's from the Royal Flying Doctor Service and he's the clinical lead for Outback Mental Health. Tim, thanks for joining us. Can you start by telling us what is stress? Well, stress, the, the word actually comes from physics originally. Um, and what, what it means in that field is it's the amount of pressure exerted on an object, um, which is a pretty good definition, really. Um, and when we bring that into the, the health space, um, what we're looking at there is it's the body's way of responding to demands or pressures. Um, so it can be both by good and bad experiences. So what we're looking at is just challenges that we're facing, and our body is basically ramping up for action. Um, so that, that's what really stress is. It's our body's way of um, responding to increased demand. Do we always know when we're stressed? You know, sometimes when you're in the moment or you're, you're in it, you, you don't quite know you're stressed. Or do most people know when they're feeling stressed? Not always. Um, I think there's a huge variability between people in terms of their ability to notice when they're stressed. Um, and, and those reactions aren't exactly uniform. So... Uh, there are different reactions that people have to, to stress. And I'm talking particularly about that sort of bad stress where people are somewhat overwhelmed by stress or it's impacting them negatively. Um, and and th- those things can um, be quite different between people. Some people might not notice that they're stressed, but then all of a sudden they're not sleeping. Other, might, you know, other people might actually feel that real knot in their stomach or their heart beginning to pound. Um, so that there are very different um, levels of ability to identify when we are becoming stressed. And, and there are those different signs for each person. So it is quite important that we pay attention to our own uh, signs that we are becoming somewhat overstressed, I, I'd say. So what are some of the first steps when looking at controlling stress? Well, I, I guess in terms of the, the most effective way of controlling stress, I mean, if you look at ways of coping with stress, you've really got two ways. You've got sort of problem-focused coping, um, and that's really looking at sorting out um, you know, the problem that's coming from the world or dealing with that exact source of pressure. Um, and a lot of that has actually got to do with saying no. Um, so if we're beginning overwhelmed by demands from maybe our workplace or our family or or even, or even um, other areas of life. There's a lot of areas that stress can come from, but the ability to say no um, is key. So that would be a sort of a problem-focused strategy. Um, or we could also be looking at having a plan, so identifying a way through uh, the situation that we're thinking about and is, is creating some of that stress. Um, so that's problem-focused when we're just looking at sorting out the problem, whether that's saying you know, no to excessive demands or whether it's just really finding a way through a difficult situation so we've got a plan and we're dealing with the actual problem. When we deal with a problem, our stress levels reduce. Um, the, other, the other type of coping is emotion-focused coping. Um, and I guess what that really looks at is uh, really focused on reducing the experienced emotions. So things like breathing techniques, 
um, even meditation, uh, even, uh, you know, when you have a sort of a debrief with a friend, when you're just trying to let off some steam, not problem, you know, you're not problem solving with the person, um, but you're really just talking it out to sort of let off some steam. Well, that's emotion focused, I think. Again, if you were talking to a friend and we were looking for solutions, then that would be sort of problem focused. Um, so there's those two sort of main ways that we use. And my recommendation is that always go for problem focused wherever possible. Um, because if you can do something about the issue that's stressing you, then that's the best way forward. Um, but sometimes there's a lot of things that we, we can't directly address, so then we need to use more of that emotion-focused topic. And really, we need to use a combination of both um, in day-to-day life to, to keep ourselves in a situation where we're not being negatively impacted by, by stress. So that emotion focus um, strategy, though, that takes um, a, a lot of courage, I guess, for people to be able to discuss with friends or family, doesn't it? Do, do, do you find that people are quite willing to do that? Uh, not all people. I think there's probably a fairly large gender difference there in terms of women do this much better than men. Um, you know, men sometimes have a difficulty discussing being overwhelmed by stresses or concerns that might convey weakness or something like that. Um, women usually do it quite well. I mean, that's, you know, that's not all of the time. Um, I think there's situations where everyone might feel uh, some hesitation to discuss their stress levels or being overwhelmed by stress. Um, but again, I guess there are large individual differences there. Uh, but it's an important thing to do. Um, can be difficult for some people, but it's, it's very important. When is it okay to say no? And and ha- what what are some of the strategies if people are finding it finding it difficult to say no? Look, saying no is actually very, very difficult. Um, And the people that get stuck in this pattern particularly are people that are really keen on keeping everything sort of stable um, and, you know, not rocking the boat. So they're, they're in some ways, I guess you could talk about sort of people pleasers as well being a group that really struggle with this. So they're really trying to keep everyone happy. Um, And it's actually a very difficult thing to do. And the best way through it is actually... Know, practicing doing it, it's literally the only way that you can actually do it, is realising that you need to say no if something's going to you know, put an undue amount of pressure on you, and that's going to differ between people. Um, but really the only way through that is actually is actually practising saying no to, to demands that we just don't feel that we can meet. Um, obviously, we don't say no to everything, and we have to you know, be quite careful with the, the way that we do that. Um, I mean, if we said no to everything, we'd be out of a job fairly quickly, probably. Um, But certainly looking at those requests that come through and thinking, have I got the capacity to do this? Is this a reasonable request? And really practicing saying no to those things that we know are going to have a negative impact on the ability to to cope, essentially. Um, So making sure that we're not overwhelming ourselves um, with responsibilities, I guess, or taking on those extra demands that we just don't feel confident that we can achieve um, and I guess that that's important to think about in terms of that's what stress is, is essentially when you're looking at bad stress. We're looking at an, an imbalance between what we think we can cope with and deal with and the actual pressures coming in. So when they're sort of outweighed um, and you've got more demands coming in than you feel you can cope with, that's when stress gets to the level that's unhelpful. Um, so that's what we're really looking at where it's really key that we can say no if we're seeing these demands coming in that we really just don't feel that we can meet. And, and that's the, the line that we need to keep an eye on. I think that the other thing that's important to remember is that the amount of control we feel that we have also has a large impact on the amount of pressure that we're able to withstand without experiencing an unhelpful level of stress. 
Um, so in a way, it's sort of demand, um, but then that's also mediated by the idea that um, the, our idea of how much control we have over the situation. The more our, we have a sense of control, the less we feel the impact of demand, um, and that has a direct impact on our, on our stress level. When do we know that stress is becoming a problem? Because we all deal with a certain amount of stress during our day, but when does it become a problem? It's really all about stopping us doing things. Um, so you'll notice some of the first signs, so if we're having trouble sleeping, that'd be one of the, the key, key uh, issues that come up. Yeah, I mean, on the other extreme, you might actually find yourself you know, freezing or having difficulty thinking clearly. You'll actually find yourself becoming less productive as well in, in you know in the workplace or at home. You know, it's more difficult to get through tasks when we're stressed because what happens is that when we get to a really high level of stress, what happens is that we freeze, um, and you know we're not sort of able to think as clearly or perform as well. Um, so really, what we're looking at is if you imagine a curve, um, you know, no stress at all, we don't perform optimally. We need a little bit. So if you look, you look through. If you imagine an optimal curve of performance with stress. Uh, what we're looking at there is if it's too low, we're sort of in that boredom state. And then as that moves up, we get some more demands. We're in the sort of comfort zone. Um, and then we look at more of a stretch zone. So we're, we're being challenged at that point. So it's on that sort of cusp of, of these are, these demands are significant. I really have to pay attention to this to get through it, but I know I can do it. I've got confidence that I am being stretched a little bit. And then when it goes over over that level and we're looking at strain, and what happens there is that we're taking on tasks or we're taking on responsibilities that we really don't feel we can meet. Um, and when we go to strain, then we're the, you know, the more dangerous zone beyond that is sort of the burnout zone. Um, and essentially what we're looking at there is that we've taken on more than we think we can handle. Um, and what will happen there is that eventually we'll actually become far less productive and able to get through the tasks of the day um, because stress at a really high level actually shuts us down and really reduces our ability to perform. Um, so I guess the, the key thing is there to really keep an eye on is it having a negative impact on your ability to perform those everyday tasks. And even in the way that we're, we're interacting with others, we might find we have a shorter temper or we might find we're getting more emotional. But it's really about when it impacts negatively on our ability to get the things that we want to get done done throughout the day. Um, so that, that's how you gauge when we're looking at a more dangerous level of stress is that is it stopping us doing what we want to do. You've talked a, a lot about stress and what it does to your emotions, but what sort of impact does it have on the body? Well, that, that's a really interesting question, uh, what it does on the body. Um, so you, you've got the immediate impact of stress, obviously. It's gearing up for action. So what you've got is... Uh, you know, your lungs are taking in more air, you're breathing more, your heart's racing, we've got some more adrenaline in the system. Often our digestive system actually sort of shuts down, um, which is the reason you get some of those funny feelings in your stomach. And it's really focused on physical action. Um, so that's what the immediate response is. So it's gearing us up for physical action. And that can be really helpful if we're needing to do something quite physical because that's what our body is actually gearing us up to do. There's an increased demand, let's put ourselves on full rest. That's what's going on. Um, so that's not in any way harmful um, if it's over a short period. If it becomes a longer term thing, then we're putting our body under increased pressure. So we're looking at a car running on full revs all the time. What happens there? Well, it starts to break down more often. Well, the same thing happens to us. Um, now, there's an important thing to remember um, with this impact, and it's a really interesting finding. And what it is, is that 
the way that we see stress has a huge impact on the way that our body even responds to stress. So some people see stress as the body gearing up for action. Other people see stress as something that needs to be avoided at all costs. Now, the interesting thing about this is that if we see stress as something that is helping us prepare for action, that doesn't have the same negative impacts on our health as if we feel that we need to avoid stress at all costs and it's really damaging to our health. I um, mean, the concern there is there has been a big message for a long time, which has been, we need to reduce stress, we need to avoid it, um, because it's one of those things that can damage our health. But the funny thing about that is, if we view stress in that way, it actually does have a greater impact on our health, versus if you're looking at it as your body's preparing for action, and then you're using that to sort of propel yourself forward, it doesn't have the same impact on your health at all. And we're not actually finding that there is an impact when stress is viewed in that way. Um, so the way that we see stress is very, very important to even the biological impact on our body. Um, so I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind when we're dealing with stress is that we need to really focus on what it actually is. It's actually our body gearing up for action. We know that we don't want to be running on full revs all the time every day of the week, but we need to be aware that it's not going to hurt us in, you know, in, short, in short amounts of time. And particularly if we use that to you know, propel ourselves towards our goals, for example, we're not going to have the negative impacts of stress. It just doesn't happen. So it's really about so, managing uh, your attitude towards stress. That's a huge part of it. Um, and I mean, that, that's what the, you know, the more recent research says. Um, I, I think that I think we have to be a little bit mindful that if we looked at that over a period in someone's life, that even if you were looking at that in a really positive mindset, um, I, I think there would still be some negative impact if we were running on full revs at all the time, regardless of your outlook. But the outlook is very, very important and essential to being able to cope well with stress. Um, so I, I guess the point is there is that you, you want to see stress as something that can be very helpful to you to perform, but you also want to keep in mind that you do need periods of relaxation to wind down. Um, so attitude plays a huge part, obviously not the only part that's important to keep in mind in terms of managing stress levels, but is very, very key to, to having stress not be such a disruptive influence on your life. Tim, can you just explain what external stress is? So what external stress refers to is all those pressures coming in from the outside world. It's what we often think about when we think about stress. It's all those pressures that are coming in from our family, from our workplace, um, from the world in general. I mean, those things are quite you know, varied in terms of what they might be. Even our physical environment has a, has a role to play. If we find ourselves in an environment that's too hot, too cold, or we find ourselves in really noisy or crowded environments, even bright lighting can increase our level of stress. Other things like our social interactions. If we come across people and they're quite rude to us or they're aggressive or they might bully us, obviously those things really increase our level of stress. So those social interactions that are coming in from the external world, but they're not all negative either. Things like going on a date can be quite stressful. The other things that are really important to remember in terms of those external stresses are major life events. Often, you know, we think about those really big things that happen on the negative end, the death of a loved one, the loss of a job, divorce. These are the things that we often think, and they are incredibly stressful for people to go through. But again, it's not only the really negative things that people have to push through in life. It can be some of those positive major life events, like marriage, the birth of children, or even a promotion at work. All these things can present us with new challenges 
that really do increase our stress level. So some of those really positive things that can happen can also push us to that level where we're finding a little bit difficult to, level, to deal with the level of stress that we're experiencing. The other thing that's always important to remember, and these things do add up, daily hassles. Uh, and one of the things I like to remind people about with stress is that daily hassles really do add up. These are the things that you do every day. And if you do the, base, the, you know, the basic arithmetic on this, these are the things that really have a huge impact. Um, things like bills, uh, car breakdowns, losing your keys. So they're small things, but they actually can have a significant impact as well. So we often actually do remember those, those external stresses. When we're, because when we're stressed, what we're looking at is we're looking out into the world and going, well, the reason I'm stressed is because this happened and that happened and this person said that and we've got all these pressures from work. Um, but the other thing that's really important is that we actually generate a lot of our stress ourselves. Um, and that's what internal stress is. So if we're talking about internal stress or those sort of causes of stress that come from inside, um, you know, the way we think is actually really, really important to that. So if we've got someone who's very pessimistic um, and they really are thinking the worst is going to happen all the time, they actually find it much more difficult to cope with stress. So a challenge comes up, they're going to assume that everything's going to go badly. So their stress level is going to go through the roof as opposed to someone who might think more optimistically about the situation. Things like self-criticism, people are always sort of talking down to themselves and saying things like, well, to be honest, the words that come up most frequently are, I'm just stupid, I can't believe I did that. That happens all the time. So self-criticism actually reduces our ability to deal with those demands and our stress goes up. Um, people who overthink, um, so they just go over and over things in their mind. Um, and the more we think about something, the bigger it gets, obviously, um, and the more stress we feel as a result. Um, things like unrealistic expectations. Um, if we expect too much of ourselves and we can't achieve those goals, and what that means is that we're going to be feeling stressed a lot of the time. Uh, taking things to heart all the time, so taking things too personally is also really something that we, we do find increases people's stress level. So, for example, if you've got someone being rude to you, there's a few ways that you can see that. I mean, you might see that as a personal attack on you, or you might see that that, you know, that person that is being rude might be having a really bad day and having difficulty coping themselves. So the way that we really see things in terms of taking things personally can increase the level of stress that we experience. In terms of lifestyle factors like exercise and diet, um, how does that sort of incorporate in being able to manage stress? Look, it's very important um, and often they're the things that actually go, um, which is quite a, it's a pity. When people get really stressed, they actually start eating bad foods, they stop eating regular meals and they certainly stop exercising. Uh, and the thing that you need when you're stressed is actually a good diet and regular exercise because essentially you're burning a lot of fuel when you're stressed um, and you certainly want to be putting the right fuel in. Um, and also, you know, feeling well in yourself is actually really important to actually managing increased stress. You know, feeling physically well is very, very important. So feeling strong and well makes us actually psychologically more capable of dealing with more stress because our confidence and our ability to deal with those pressures actually determines whether that stress becomes a problematic level. So we've got to remember that it's just the, you know, the pressure is mediated by our, our feeling of how well we're able to cope with those demands. And staying physically well and strong actually helps us feel more confident to be able to meet, the, meet those challenges. Uh, so it's really, really key. Uh, exercise has an additional benefit as well in terms of actually burning off that ex excess energy that comes with stress. 
Um, so if you're finding that you're stressed and you're not sleeping, for example, one of the best ways to mitigate that is actually do some exercise and burn off that increased energy that we're feeling as a result of that stress. Um, so exercise has a benefit in terms of it improves people's confidence, which actually improves their ability to cope with increased demands. Um, but it also helps directly in terms of reducing the impact directly on that stress on our body. So we're burning off that energy. Um, and what we'll see is actually also get um, a change in the way that we feel quite immediately just from doing some exercise, whether that's a walk or other forms of exercise. So there's a, a direct and an ongoing impact of exercise on our ability to cope with stress. Tim, what are some of the, the long-term consequences of stress? If it, if it goes on and on, what sort of an impact can it have on people? Uh, it can have really significant impacts. I mean, in terms of the mental health space, um, you know, depression and anxiety are real risks if we're looking at, at stress over a long period. Um, I mean, if we're looking at people in the burnout zone, um, you know, their risk of depression you know, goes you know, significantly higher. Um, in terms of um, other areas, I mean, it certainly puts you at increased risks of, um, you know, of various diseases, really. Um, I mean, stress is being related to you know, heart disease, even cancer. Um, so it does have a huge impact on our both our mental and physical health. Um, and I think a lot of those aren't necessarily direct either. Um, I mean, if you imagine someone getting quite stressed, some of the other things that go along with that, you know, comfort eating, uh, not sleeping. Um, you know, if your diet goes downhill because you're stressed or you stop sleeping, then the other things that we're looking at is, you know, increased risk of obesity, increased risk of diabetes, um, increased risk of just poor physical health generally because it impacts on those other essentials of just, you know, basic physical well-being. So it really can impact your whole body if, if stress is around for a long time. It really can take its toll. Um, and again, a lot of those are sort of mediated through a secondary factor. It might be diet or lack of sleep or, uh, you know, lack of exercise, for example. But it does have a real direct impact on our mental and physical health. Does somebody have to be aware of their own stress to be able to take action? Or a lot of the time it's friends and family who notice um, that their loved ones are stressed. What sort of strategies or tips can you give to them about approaching that person, about taking some action? Sure. I guess the, the best piece of advice there is um, really looking at, you know, identifying specifically what you've noticed. So you might have noticed that the person is not sleeping as well. You might notice that they're getting upset more often. So be quite specific in terms of what you've noticed. Um, does a person, you know, need to be aware that they're stressed to gain benefit from using strategies that, that would reduce that stress? No, not at all. Um, now, some people aren't particularly adept at picking up when they're stressed, um, but certainly if, you know, if those people were to incorporate exercise into their daily routine, you'd actually see a reduction in that stress whether they notice the stress or not. Um, so it's important to, for people to be able to identify those stress so they can take immediate action in terms of, you know, I'm, I'm feeling that I'm sort of being overwhelmed somewhat by stress. I need to go and do something to reduce this. But it doesn't mean that the same strategies that we've talked about aren't effective, even if people aren't necessarily picking up on their level of stress. So exercise is going to work whether they're aware of that stress level or not. Obviously, picking up those signs that we're becoming stressed is important so we can put strategies in you know, more quickly so we're not having the secondary effects. So if we're stressed for a long period, what we might find is that 
you know, we're more grumpy, we're harder to be around. Um, we might end up in more arguments with our spouse, for example. Um, and that happens quite routinely um, because what we do when we're stressed is that, um, you know, it's someone else that's annoyed us and we're not necessarily identifying that's annoying us because we're stressed. We're, we're obviously just going to go, well, we're annoyed because that person annoyed us, but we don't always pick up on the fact that, well, that may not have been such an issue for me if I wasn't so stressed. Um, so that's why it's important to know the science, but it doesn't mean that good strategies can't help regardless of how good you are at picking up those signs. So, Tim, tell us more about this Small Talk Big Difference campaign that's being run at the moment. So in terms of the, the Small Talk Big Difference campaign, um, if you're particularly interested in stress, um, we're obviously running this podcast. We'll also be uh, running in coming months a webinar where um, we'll be looking at similar information that people will have the opportunity to participate and ask questions that might be more relevant to their situation. Um, we've also got some great resources on the website, uh, which was listed at the, the start of the podcast, uh, for Small Talk Big Difference. Um, and also it gives us um, some other information about other resources that we can use, whether that's self-help or actually um, you know, going to the GP if, if, if you are feeling overwhelmed by stress um, can be a really good way to start in terms of uh, getting that initial help or maybe a referral on to a specialist that can assist with, with stress particularly. Um, so they're, they're the things that, that really um, we are supporting through the campaign is that we're making sure that people are aware that there are ways of assisting, um, well, ourselves in terms of if we if we are feeling overwhelmed, we can go to the GP, we might need a referral on to, to someone to get some of those more specific strategies that are most relevant to us. Uh, we've got those self-help resources on the website. Uh, and also we're, we're promoting Head to Health, which has some fantastic um resources to assist us in terms of managing our mental health overall and, and links to that are also uh, available on the Small Talk Big Difference website. And really, Tim, I guess to get the message across that if you can manage your stress, you can be more productive really in your work and home life. That's that's really key, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think really what we're looking at is really maintaining an optimal level of stress. Um, I mean, when, when we become overstretched, we get a lot less done. Um, we end up really spinning the tires. Uh, so really managing our stress to a level that is healthy and not getting into that sort of zone where we're feeling overwhelmed really helps us get through our day and, and get closer to achieving any goals that we have. You've been listening to the Royal Flying Doctor Service podcast for the Queensland section. The Small Talk Big Difference campaign is proudly funded by the Commonwealth and Queensland governments through the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. If you would like to know more, you can go to the campaign website, smalltalkbigdifference.com.au. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, keep in touch by subscribing.